turn to John chapter 11, and we will read verses 1 through 44, once again, somewhat of a, a long passage here, a very famous passage uh, that we get, it's uh, Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead, and let me uh, set us up as uh, where we've been as we've been waking our way through John. Uh, right now, Jesus is what we call Transjordan. Uh, you'll notice that back in chapter 10 when uh, we talked about this last week. Uh, Jesus went away across the Jordan uh, to the place where John had been baptizing, the place where uh, Jesus' public ministry uh, pretty much started. And the reason he went over there is he had to get out of Judea uh, because of what happened if you look back in chapter 10 at verse 30, when he said, I and the Father are one. And uh, we talked about this last week. What he was saying is one in essence. He didn't use the, uh, the, the masculine uh, word there, one person, but one in essence. We got our, some Trinitarian teaching where uh, the Father's God and, and I'm God. And, and later on, we'll find the Holy Spirit is God when Jesus gets to that teaching. And so uh, this was in the first place in John where they charged him with blasphemy then. They said, you're, you're, you're changing who God is. And actually, Jesus is not changing who God is, but he's revealing who God is. The Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. And, and they don't like that. So they picked up stones, and they were going to uh, stone him, and then they wanted to arrest him. And so Jesus uh, went over across the other side of the Jordan. And now... Uh, we'll uh, pick up the story here uh, from John chapter 11, and I will begin at verse 1. Now a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary. It was Mary who anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was ill. So the sisters sent to him, saying, Lord, he whom you love is ill. But when Jesus heard it, he said, This illness does not lead to death. It is for the glory of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. Then after, he said to the, or after this, he said to the disciples, Let us go to Judea again. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, the Jews were just now seeking to stone you, and you are going there again? Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble, because he sees the lights of this world. But if anyone walks in the night, he stumbles, because the light is not in him. After saying these things, he said to them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep but I go to awaken him. The disciple said to him, Lord, if he has fallen asleep, he will recover. Now Jesus had spoken of his death, but they thought that he meant taking rest in sleep. Then Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus has died. And for your sake, I'm glad that I was not there so that you may believe, but let us go to him. So Thomas called the twin, said to the fellow disciples, let us go also, that we may die with him. Now when Jesus came, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. 
Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles off, and many of the Jews who had come to Martha and Mary to console them uh, concerning their brother. So when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him. But Mary remained seated in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is coming into the world. When she had said this, she went and called her sister Mary, saying in private, The teacher is here and is calling for you. And when she heard it, she rose quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet come into the village, but was still in the place where Martha had met him. When the Jews who were with her in the house consoling her saw Mary rise quickly and go out, they followed her, supposing that she was going to the tomb to weep there. Now when Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. And he said, where have you laid him? And they said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. So the Jews said, see how he loved him? But some of them said, could he... Could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man also have kept this man from dying? Then Jesus, deeply moved again, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone lay against it. Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, by this time there will be an odor, for he has been in there four days. Jesus said to her, did I not tell you that if you believe, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this on account of the people standing around, that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The man who had died came out, his hands and feet bound with linen strips and his face wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. The word of the Lord. Let's pray. Lord God, we do thank you for your word. We thank you for your truths. And as we look at this passage, we ask that you will speak your truth into our hearts, that we will be strengthened by your word. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, often in times of uh, despair or uh, a national tragedy especially, there's the question that often gets asked, where is God? 
and usually it's asked by non-Christians, you know, and, and sometimes accusingly, where is your God? But sometimes even Christians will wonder, God, what are you doing here? What's going on? And Jesus gets that in, in this passage. He gets that from a few different people, from Martha and Mary. Lord, where were you? Things would have been different if you, if you were here. Some of the other people said, hey, why, where was he? He, he made this blind man see, and, and just nowhere to be seen now, and, and he couldn't help us out here? Where are you, Lord? Jesus gets asked that question here, and, and he's got a great uh, response. There's a great reason uh, why they ask this question. And, and it's concerning this man, Lazarus, here and Mary and Martha, and they're in, in this village of, of Bethany. And Bethany, as we find out, is, is very close to Jerusalem. It's about one, I looked it up, about 1.7 miles, a little less than two miles away from Jerusalem, which is where these people who are trying to kill Jesus are. So we can see that's going to be a problem here, is he's going to have to go back very near uh, where these people are who are just trying to kill him. And and uh, then John makes mention of this Mary who anointed the Lord uh, and with ointment and, and wiped his feet. And you're thinking, wait a minute, we've been going through John, and, and where was this? Well, actually, it's coming up. Uh, John has given us a little preview. Uh, that's in the next chapter when we find out uh, about that event. And so, um, but it's Mary and Martha and Lazarus, and these are friends of Jesus. That, that becomes very clear. Jesus loved these people. And uh, in fact, when they sent to him, that's what they said. Uh, Lord, he whom you love uh, is ill. In verse 3, we see that. And Jesus said, all right, this illness is not going to lead to death. Not ultimately. It's going to lead to resurrection, actually. Death isn't the end of the matter here. But it's going to be for the glorification of the Son, the glory of God. And notice how he puts that again. This harkens us back to a little bit uh, in chapter 5, verse 23, when he was talking about if you honor the Son, you honor the Father. And here, notice how he says that again. It is for the glory of God in verse 4. And then again, the Son of God may be glorified through it. This is for my glory, the glory of God. You're going to see something here, something that you need to see so that you can be strengthened. And uh, again, it said, now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. And John wants us to clearly see this. He loves these people. He loves them. And he wants us to know this because what it says in verse 6, therefore, when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed. He stayed two days in, in that place. And now, we're not sure of the timing of everything. Jesus could be up to two days away from Lazarus at this point. It, it, we don't know exactly where he is. Uh, and some people will do the math. Well, let's see. If he stayed two days and it was a two-day journey, uh, in four days, Lazarus is in the tomb four days. So uh, perhaps Jesus would have never made it anyhow. You know, if he had left the second that they told him he, he might not make it 
before Lazarus dies anyhow. And, and that's not really the point. Some people will uh, look at that. But the point is, is this, is Jesus is, is going to do a couple of things here. First of all, he's going to powerfully demonstrate that he himself is the resurrection and the life. We'll get to that in verse 25. And also, as I mentioned, he's going to powerfully uh, establish the faith and, and strengthen the faith of his disciples because they're going to need it for what's ahead in their lives. For this family as well, uh, Mary and Martha and Lazarus, and also for some of the onlookers. And so uh, he stays a couple of days where he's at, and then in verse 7 we see, and then after that couple of days, he said, well, let's go to Judea again. And the disciples, uh, in verse 8, they're thinking, what are, you, what are you doing here, Jesus? You know, they, they were just seeking to kill you. It wasn't that long ago. We were just there. They had stones in their hand. They were loosening up their arms. They were looking to kill you, Jesus. And, and you want to go back there? Um, and, and Jesus answered, are, are there not 12 hours in the day? And, and you're... Uh, he talks about this, this light, let's walk while it's still light. And this uh, we talked a little bit about in, in chapter 9. Uh, he mentions the same type of thing in, in 9.4. We'll see it again in chapter 12. But basically what he's saying here, uh, without going too deeply into it, is it's still light. It's still day. I can still work. This is all in the Father's timing, and I still have time to do this. Now the end is coming. And Jesus knows that. It's getting near where the darkness, if you will, will take over. But we're still okay. We still got to work because it's still time for me to be doing this. Still the day. And so uh, let, let's go. And, and then uh, he tells them, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep and I got to go wake him up. And the disciples in their head are still thinking, well, okay, he's sleeping off this illness. You know, now, sleep, falling asleep can be a metaphor for death, and it is in Scripture, but they're not thinking that. They're thinking, he's sick, he's going to sleep it off, he'll wake up himself. And then you can understand what they're saying here, because in their minds they're thinking, we don't want to go back there, Jesus. That's a dangerous area. And Jesus uh, said very plainly then, no, in verse 14, Lazarus is dead. Lazarus is dead. And for your sake, I'm glad that I wasn't there. So that you may believe. And even the disciples here, we see that their faith is constantly being challenged, if you will, um, expanded. They still have some things to figure out about Jesus. And, and their faith is going to be need, needed to be strengthened because Jesus himself is going to die and be brought back to life, and also some of the things they're going to face in their life after Jesus is ascended. And Jesus wants them to have complete faith, and so he said, I'm glad I wasn't there, that, that you may believe, let's go. And Thomas, uh, you got to appreciate his dedication. Maybe he's a little pessimistic, but his dedication is there. In verse 16, well, we'll go too. Uh, we'll die with him too. You know, let's go. 
that we may uh, die with him. Now Thomas, we're going to see, comes a long ways. Towards the end of, of the book of John, he's going to be the one who says, my Lord and my God, making uh, no mistake that Jesus is, is God. And, and so Thomas comes a long way. But here he's like, well, let's go. If we die, we die. And uh, they go. Well, they get there, and there's really not much description of the journey. We don't know how long it took. And they come to uh, uh, the place. Actually, they don't go into the village, um, but near the village here. And, and they find that Lazarus has been in the tomb four days already. Now, what's an interesting uh, little side note here, uh, and, and it's not biblical, really, but it's an interesting uh, little side note. Now, uh, is, is there's some rabbinic teaching that we get from uh, the, the second century, well, third century, I guess, in the 200s. Um, and, and there's some sources that attest to some rabbis uh, who, who had this belief that when someone dies, the soul would hover over the body for three days waiting to go back in. And if, if there was a change and they could go back in and then this person would come back to life, and, and, uh, and be alive again. But after, after the third day, on the fourth day, there is no chance. That person's really dead, and so the soul would go to where the soul goes. But once again, that's non-biblical. But it comes fairly early. We see that some of the rabbis fairly early after uh, Jesus' ascension. And so you wonder if, if some of that thought remains. Now, John makes no mention of it here, so I don't know that that's really going on. But the point is this, John is really dead. I mean, there's, there's no mistaking this. It's, it's been four days, and, and he's been in that tomb. And, and now people usually got buried very quickly uh, in that uh, culture. And so he's been dead at least four days. There's nothing anyone can do at this point. And John sets it up again. Bethany is near Jerusalem couple of miles away and there's many Jews who, who had come there and, and this is probably a prominent family uh, we, we see in the next chapter when uh, Mary anoints Jesus uh, it's an expensive ointment so it's probably a prominent family and and they have a, a lot of friends and and Martha hears that Jesus is coming and she goes out uh, to meet him and uh, she says to him uh, right away it looks like Lord if you had been here brother would not have died. And this is going to be exactly what Mary says when Mary sees him. If you had been here, he wouldn't have died. But then she adds this. But even now I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. And, and in light of what's coming up, she's not really saying that, I know you could still bring him back to life. She's not really saying that because she assumes he's dead forever. But she's giving this affirmation, but I still believe in you, Jesus. I still believe you're from God. I still believe that God will grant your requests and you'll make the best of this. I, I do believe that you are who you say you are. I just wish you'd have been here so Lazarus wouldn't have died. And Jesus, in a uh, what one uh, theologian called a masterpiece of planned ambiguity, in verse 23 says, your brother will rise again. 
Jesus means one thing. Martha's taking it a different way. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again on the resurrection on the last day. She's kind of got this abstract concept. Yeah, I know on the last day everyone will rise. And, and you can almost picture Jesus like getting right in her eyesight, going face to face with her and saying to her in verse 25, I am the resurrection and the life. It's almost as though he's, he's diverting her focus in this abstract belief that, yeah, there's a resurrection, to looking right at him and him saying, it's me. I'm the resurrection. I am the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, he's going to live, and, and whoever lives and believes in me shall, shall never die. The soul goes immediately to, to God, uh, and we've talked about that before, but, but he's saying, it's me. Look. Look, I am the resurrection and the life. Do you believe this? And again, she kind of gives this broad answer. She, she does believe him. I'm not doubting her faith, but she still has kind of this broad concept. Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God who is coming into the world. She's not quite there yet. She has faith. I, I, I'll give her that, but she's not quite there. And, and so Jesus is going to show her and, and all the others what he means. But first, um, she said this, yes, you, you are the Christ, the Son of God. And, and then she goes, and John doesn't really tell us that Jesus asked to see Mary, but we have to assume that Jesus said, by the way, can you bring Mary? Where is she? And, and so uh, Martha runs and, and gets Mary and says, the teacher's here, and he's, he's calling for you. And and so Mary goes out. Jesus stays where he's at, and Mary goes out, and, and Mary says the very same thing uh, to, to Jesus. Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. If you'd been here, he wouldn't have died, Lord. And there's this weeping going on. You, you notice that in, in verse uh, 31. They thought she was going to the tomb and was going to weep there. And uh, back then in, in the uh, tradition, the, the Jewish uh, funeral custom, if you will, uh, was that even if a poor family, if there was a, a member of a poor family that died, you were expected to hire at least two flute players and one professional wailing woman to mourn. Mourning was a loud affair. You would mourn and, and wail, and, and that's the word that's, that gets used here. And, and so Jesus, in verse 33, he's seeing her weeping and, and the Jews with her and, and this, this loud mourning and, and wailing. And we see that he was deeply moved in his spirit and, and greatly troubled, it says. And, and these words are very difficult to translate from the Greek. Um, was there anger there? Was there some kind of indignation? It, it's really hard to, to translate these words very well, but, but here's what John is, is saying for sure, is, is he was deeply moved. There was a lot of emotion. And, and uh, greatly uh, troubled. He, it, it's a very emotional time. And, and there's something brewing in Jesus right now. And, and he says, where have you laid him? And, and they said, well, come and see. And then Jesus wept, it says. 
And this word for weeping or wept is, is a little different than the one used before. This one, uh, you could translate uh, shed tears. This is more of a quieter grief that Jesus is showing here. But he does weep. And there's been a lot of uh, speculation. Well, why is, he, why is he weeping? What's he weeping about? He's not weeping for Lazarus, really, is he? Because he knows he's going to bring Lazarus back to life. He's told everybody that. I'm going to bring him back to life. So it's not Lazarus, really. Well, some say, well, perhaps he's weeping uh, because he, he's just upset that his friends still don't really get who he is. They're still wailing and mourning, and, and they just don't get who he is still. And, and that's causing these deep feelings of angst, if you will, and frustration. Uh, some say that. Some say he's weeping because he knows what's coming. You know what? I'm going to raise Lazarus, and now the authorities are going to put me on the cross, and I'm going to end up in my own tomb. And, and he's, he's weeping because he knows of what lies ahead. And, and there's maybe some truth to, to all of that. There's another uh, train of, of thought, um, and, and I lean a lot towards this myself, is, is the same reason that he wept in Luke chapter 19 on Palm Sunday, the triumphal entry, and he came and they were shouting Hosanna, you know, praise to the king, and, and then he looked at Jerusalem, and he wept over Jerusalem because he, he could see the destruction coming. Here, you're going to be destroyed. You can't see. I'm right here, and you can't see, and you're going to be destroyed. And, and it seems that there is just this grief over the effects of sin and over the effects of death. And that Satan is doing all of these things because of, of going all the way back to the Garden of Eden. And the sin that started there and, and all of the sin and death. And, and, and I almost liken it a little bit to, uh, I've mentioned this a million times, I can't fix anything. And, and I'll try, which is my own stupid fault, but I'll try sometimes. And I'm, I'm fixing something and I've got you know bloody knuckles and, and I'm bent over and my back hurts. And, and there comes that point where I'm just like, ugh! This would be such a great day if it weren't for this thing. And I almost get that, that uh, passion in Jesus. This world was so great when I made it. And look what's happened. Look what sin has done. Look at these people wailing and mourning. Look at all of this. He's deeply moved and greatly troubled. Look what sin has done. And as he walks to the tomb, he weeps. And then in verse 38, it says he's deeply moved again and he comes to the tomb. And it's a cave as, as it was back then most of the time. And there's a stone against it. And Jesus said, take away that stone. And Martha, who still doesn't quite get it yet, she says, uh, Jesus, this is really going to stink. He's been in there four days. You might want to rethink this one, Jesus. He's dead, and he's been dead in there four days. And Jesus said, didn't I tell you? If you believed, you would see the glory of God. And so they took away the stone. And Jesus lifted up his eyes, 
And, and he prays this prayer, and it's an inter interesting prayer because it, it presupposes that there's been another prayer already prayed. Notice he prays, I thank you that you have heard me. It's almost as though he had prayed for Lazarus already. He knows Lazarus is alive because he's, he's already prayed for that. And he's thanking God because he knows he's, that prayer has been heard. And then he said, but I, I say this on account. I know that you always hear me uh, in verse 32, but I say this on account of the people standing here that they may believe that you sent me. And Jesus isn't uh, grandstanding here at all, but he's drawing in his hearers, those that are there. He says, I want you to see this intimacy. I, I want you to see this. I want their faith to be strengthened. And when he said that, when he prayed that prayer, uh, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And the man who had died and who was certainly dead, been in there four days, he comes out. His hands and his feet bound with linen strips and just the way they would uh, do that back then, he probably had to hop out a little bit because his feet would have been in the... In the thing, and, and, and Jesus said, um, unbind him and let him go. Unbind him and let him go. And we get a little echo here going back to John chapter 8. Back in John chapter 8, in verse 31, uh, Jesus said, if you abide in my word and are truly my disciples, um, uh, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And they said, but we're, we're offspring of Abraham. We've never been enslaved. And then Jesus in verse 34 of chapter 8 says, Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who commits sin is a slave to sin. But if the Son sets you free, you are free indeed. And we know this, sin leads to death. Paul tells us that very clearly in Romans uh, chapter 6, verse 23. 